It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here, as always, with Zerlina Maxwell, but right now, we are joined by the king of quarantine, Club <laughs> Quarantine himself. DJ D-Nice is here. You've got a new single dropping. Um, I can't believe that I get to talk to you almost in person instead of in a, a, a group of hundreds and hundreds of thousands watching you make us all feel better this year. So I just want to start with a big old thank you. Like you were so good for our mental health and our BMIs and our ability to make it through this. And um, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I hope people are coming. I hope that when we return to life, people come up to you. I hope you never buy a drink again. I hope you are you are gifted drinks for the rest of your life for what you've done this year. <laughs> it's very kind of you to say. I will say like I don't I don't go out to eat at all like that. Um, uh, but the last week I went, uh, I had a meeting in uh, at a restaurant and I walked in and there were like these two families. There was this black family and there was this white family. And as I got out of my car and I walked in, the black family was like, "Oh my gosh, is DJ D nice?" And then the white family were like, "Oh my gosh, you saved our lives." And that's when I realized, like, the importance of what happened. It was just, like, a beautiful way to bring so many different types of people together. And we listened to music, and we all danced together, and we all laughed at the silly comments. And we all needed that. We all needed that. And I feel extremely blessed to have been part of it, you know? Like, I was just a small part of it, you know? It's nothing without the people coming there. When it started, you were, you were just wanting to do it and it was like you invited a couple friends you like told a couple friends because I remember in the beginning like maybe the second day I got a text from my friend Jasmine she was like hey on Instagram live um D-Nice is DJing and I was like okay cool because I would I was setting up like my beginning weeks it was like Insta who was on Instagram live was like my schedule you know because we have a radio yes. show in the morning and then we weren't doing anything and I wasn't doing anything at that time um so I was like, I needed things on my schedule to like do. So you were one of the things early on that I was like, this is a point, an appointment, um, you know, for my mental health and trying to describe it to my dad because I quarantined with my family. <laughs> well, I was like, Michelle Obama's on this Instagram live DJ, like <laughs> DJing, trying to explain it. And then the next day I just plugged in the speakers and then everybody in the house just listen and it was it was it really brought generations together um so my question is you know why do you think it is that music is that thing that even in a global pandemic and a race reckoning and an election um it's still music it's always music i mean just listening to you mention all three of those things that happened while we were stuck at home you know, like it, it was, um, I mean, music has always been important, I think, in, in all generations. I mean, even taking it back to slavery, like it was the music that got them through. You know, they were singing those songs and, and um, it's always been able to bring people together. And in particular, like for, for, for what happened during our lifetime, um, it happened to be music that touched, that touched your soul. You know, it, it didn't matter who made it. If it, I mean, I could play 
a Madonna record. And I mean, I was playing everything, but it was all these records that made you feel good. And not to say that music from today doesn't make you feel good. There's a time and place for it. You know, like I, I love trap music and I love EDM, but that's not what was gonna bring families together. It was like playing Stevie Wonder or playing David Bowie or listening to Wham, where you're yeah. like smiling and like, oh my gosh, like I haven't heard this in forever because we haven't been listening to radio like that or we're always on like, you know, streaming exactly what it is that we want. This was a chance to just hear music and like, oh, I haven't heard this record in forever. Hey, son, come and dance with me. And like, because of that, it definitely brought generations together. You know, like one of my friends is um, a DJ, a morning show DJ um, named DJ Envy um, on The Breakfast Club. And one day he called me, he was like, I just, he was like, for the first time, I'm able to dance with my family. And I just want to say thank you. And that was the first message that I got where it was like, like one of my peers, like wasn't thinking about DJing himself. He just wanted to turn my music on. And I think that that was one of the best compliments that I've ever received in my entire life, you know, from a peer, like, like it meant that much to him that he can do this with his family. And it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was always important for me to make sure that I played music that way. And like, you know, in the late night, late nights, I get a little crazy, like playing slow songs and I have <laughs> this crazy imagination going with club quarantine after dark. But for the most part, it's important to um, for me to always think about the people, the listeners on the other end, that they're with their families to like try to play songs that will bring people together. It sounds like you you've taken that ethos into you have a new single. So like you you did that with music that that we all knew that that touched something in there because we all have memories with it. And now you have a new single coming out. Uh, no, that's out. No plans for love. And it's still a, a, it's still the kind of thing you could listen to with a family. Like, what is it like to be sort of unapologetically family conscious, like in the era of, of WAP? <laughs> like, here's something that you know, <laughs> I can play in front of my mom, <laughs> which yes. I love, and so does my mother, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. WAP, WAP is not a bad thing, but I, um, no, you know, I'm 50, you know, I can't pretend to be anything else other than a 50 year man who is pretty fortunate that I've had a career that resonated with generations, you know, like as a DJ, you know, I'm able to play whatever I want, you know, not the way that I do now, but like pre pandemic being in clubs. Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough that no one cared how old I was. They were like, oh, this is D nice. Like, oh, and they didn't even know about my rap days. They just knew about this DJ that was rocking parties and having a great time. Um, when, it, with my music now, it was just important to like even, because this song, the song that's out was, um, I just kind of co-produced on it, but really the music was written by a gentleman that's on the single named Kent Jones. And when I heard like the music that he was working on, I, I just felt like it was perfect for where I am in life. You know, like I need to make music that will resonate with young and old you know, like I'm older than Neo, you know, Kent is younger than Neo. And and even in that song, you have three generations of people right there. You know, like Kent is in his early 20s. I don't think Neo's 40 yet. Well, if he is 40, he may be 40. Um, or, you know, like me, I'm 50, you know, but we came together and we have this fun song and it feels like a record that I would play in my set. And that is important to be able to to do that. Um, and, and I can't apologize for being older, you know, like my life has been great. You know, and uh, 
when you're 50 and, you know, like this past Halloween to watch eight-year-old kids dressed up as me, I do feel a sense yeah. of responsibility to like kind of live up to that, you know, and, but it's not hard to live up to that. That's just actually who I am. And that's been the beauty of this entire experience. Like I've never, I haven't changed. I'm literally playing the music the way that I listen to it at home. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Look, I only have this on me because it's chilly in the house, but like really, I'm wearing t-shirts and I'm good, I'm happy. And, um, and it's, just been, it's just been perfect to be able to be myself and not worry about, hey, this person bought 10 bottles. He wants to hear Jay-Z. I love playing Jay-Z, but maybe in that moment, I didn't want to play Jay-Z. Then, then you have the pressure of like trying to keep a table happy and then worry about the room. Here, with what I did for myself and for other people and for music lovers, was to just play good music. Like, I feel like now my legacy is not going to be I was just DJing in clubs or I had, you know, four or five rap albums out back in the day. I just feel like I'm going to be like this person that will be remembered as, as this curator of good music. And that's that's just dope to me. I yeah. love it. One of the things um, that was really cool about Club Quarantine was how quickly it grew. And when you have a lot of people in one place, you can use it as an organizing tool. Um, and so one of the things you did really quickly, I think it was like the day, I mean, I saw Simone Sanders in there um, and I was like, okay, so they're paying attention because Jess and I worked for Hillary Clinton and you know, our jobs was sort of like the weird creative influencer space where you, you try to make organizing opportunities out of something like this. So how did that- lines. yeah. Yeah, like how did that come about? Because it, it immediately I was like, oh, I hope somebody from the campaign hops in, you know, because I was like, these are all these people and you have their attention and they're happy and they're willing to do a good thing and, and register to vote and vote and, and engage. Um, Cause we're now we've created sort of a new community. True. So how did the, how did the, organizing thing come about like Michelle Obama's we, when we all vote I know you did an, a special event for them yes party so so what's interesting about that was this thing kind of blew up quickly so I started it on a Tuesday Tuesday like the 17th it was only it was roughly around 200 people actually I saw a, a video from the first day so it was like 240 46 people kind of fluctuating between that number and a little lower then the next day, well, I think we got up to like 800. By day three, it was like 1,000. Day four is when it hit me what was happening because day four, I was protecting this thing. You know, people wanted to sponsor it. And, and I was like, nah, this, is, this just doesn't seem like it's supposed to have a sponsor. It should be just kind of cool. And then uh, that was the day when Drake popped in. Drake and, you know, I've met Drake twice, but it wasn't like we were following. I, I followed him on social media. It wasn't like he was following me. And... Then Drake started to pay attention and, and J-Lo popped in. I just remember those two people on that Friday night. And I remember someone typing, wow, D-Nice has everyone in here. The only people that are missing are the Obamas. When I woke up that next morning, that Saturday, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just felt like maybe I should try to give people what they want. Like people were feeling inspired. And that, remember, that first week was hard. Like we were all yep. like, ah. Like, yo, what's happening here? What do you mean I can't go outside? Like, like this was just different. So, you know, I, I was, um, you know, I, I mean, I know a lot of people in politics. I was a surrogate 
for the the second Obama uh, campaign. Um, the same yeah. thing with, with with Hillary on the entertainment side. And I know a lot of these people, you know, so I also DJ for the Obamas during the summertime when, you know, during vacation or whatever parties, you know, like they'll, they'll reach out or really Michelle, like she'll reach out like a book tour, play to half the party for that, like opening night. Um, but I called, I reached out and I called, I called, <laughs> called their assistant and I was like, hey, listen, this is going to sound really weird, but I have this party on my phone. And she was, <laughs> like, she was like, I've been in there already. I already know. And then I was like, all right, cool. you know about it. All right, listen, there was a lot of people in there last night. Like, I really, can you think, you think Michelle would come in? And she was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and I, I just left it at that. Like, all right. I was like, well, like, you know, if she can, like, it would inspire so many people. And then I called my other friend up, you know, and um, I she, she is friends with I think with um, um, uh, uh, now President Biden, but then candidate Biden's um, campaign manager. So I called her and was like, hey, do you re do you think you can reach out to his team? She was like, absolutely. I mean, look, there's a lot of people in there. And look, he needs to get in there too. <laughs> I called my friend that works for Sanders and said the same thing. And it was like, I didn't think any of them would come, to be honest with you. I was just like, all right, at least I put the info, I put the info out there. Because how do you really explain to someone that there's something really happened? It's like revolutionary right. happening on a right. phone. Right. Like, how do you explain that? And when I signed on that day, and it was like immediately like 10,000 people in there. And I was like, whoa, like that was the number from the night before. That was the max number. Because obviously it fluctuates. Even if it stays at 10,000, it's usually like, that usually represents around fifty to sixty thousand people because someone may answer a phone, or you know, like people nice. are in and out. But Instagram doesn't have the ability to leave you logged in. So if that number stays consistent, that means there are a lot of people in there. Within twenty minutes, we were at like twenty thousand, and it, the number just kept growing all day. It just kept growing, and when we when we reached the like, I think it was around fifty thousand when 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 Michelle Obama popped in. I, the feeling that I had was, this was, I'm, I, I was so used to DJing parties and doing events for other people. Like, this is your thing. You know, if you hired me just to do your party, this is your party. Yeah, I'm playing the music, right. but I'm, this is your thing. Right. That was the first party that I ever threw that I felt like the world came to and like all the people, that's what made it incredible. Because I DJed for Rihanna. I DJed for, you know, even though you didn't see J and B's name, they were listening, you know, like I've DJed for all of these people. Like, and for them to come during one of the hardest times that we've faced, you know, mentally and spiritually and even health wise with this scare, for them to, to all decide to be at my place on that day was incredible, you know, and like seeing the love and reading the comments and, and, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was beautiful. And, and, and even when we reached 100,000 and Mark Zuckerberg popped in, we were really, we really reached over like, I think it was close to 2 million people in there. Or maybe more, I think they said more because I was like, man, I can't believe it was 100,000 and they were like, 100,000, like you tripped. Like it was way more than that. It was there in and out all day. So there were like yeah. millions of people that listened. And, um, you know, for it, to, um, for it to, to have been such a rough time mentally for all of us, it just felt like so much love, even with all mm -hmm. the people listening. 
it felt like love. And, uh, and it's just beautiful to see how even that experience kind of changed the world, you know, like changed the way we listen to music. It reminded people of so much beautiful music. It reminded people the importance of community. And also, I mean, we weren't even Zooming as much. So it kind yeah. of reminded people right. like there's still a feeling of, of, of like of community that you can feel even doing it virtually. And hey, you can have a little cocktail and don't have to get in your car or don't have to call an Uber. You know, no, that and there's no listen. There was no velvet rope. Like, yeah, everybody could go. Like, this was the coolest party. I'm not at your parties. Like, (laughs) I don't get invited to those parties. And I was at this one, and it was by far the I mean, it's the coolest party I've ever been to, but everybody was there. And how neat is that? That the coolest party that you've been to is one where literally anyone was allowed in. Like, what a fun thing that is, that that's what made it so cool, was that the whole the whole children were there and old people were there and people you've never heard of were there. And Michelle Obama was there. Like, was there anybody that just absolutely blew your mind when you found out that they were paying attention? Um, let me see who blew my mind. I mean, obviously, the Michelle didn't blow my mind because I kind of, you know. She is like the hardest ask, too. I don't know if you know this about like in, in politics, like Michelle Obama is the most difficult person to get anywhere because everybody wants her. It's not about right. her. She's wonderful. She's lovely. She's great when she shows up. But like it, whenever anybody says, oh, I'd love to get Michelle Obama for this, the whole staff goes, oh, I know. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do our best. Yeah, right. And you got her. <laughs> I got her, right? That is awesome. I think the one, there are a couple of people that, that I was just shocked. You know, I wasn't shocked even with Oprah because I'm friends with Gail. So I wasn't shocked by that one because if it's hot, Gail's going to text her. Like, you should see. <laughs> there are a couple of people. One, it was, I'm a, I love Bobby Flay. And the fact that Bobby Flay knows who I am is like, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Bobby Flay? Like this is wild. The other, the other person, the other person, and and like now I actually communicate with her is Sharon Stone. It was like these people that I grew up like watching on, like watching movies, and like yeah, like Sharon Stone is in here. Like I, I personally expect like you know Vice President Harris or like the other day, um, um, uh, Mayor Keisha Bottoms was in there like last Saturday. She was just hanging out, chatting, listening to music. Like I kind of expect that because that's more of my hip hop culture. And like, and these are people that I've actually been around and like I've DJ parties where, you know, they've all been. But when you see like, like an iconic actress or like, like even The Rock, I think The Rock was another one. Where, like, Damn, The Rock is in here? Like this is wild. <laughs> or like um, one of my buddies, I still kind of trip out over this. One of my buddies was so, he's a photographer, but he was smart enough to constantly take screenshots all week. And as a gift to me, he gave me this book. And it's a book of screenshots. And it's a a thick book of like all of the screenshots when there weren't weren't that many people in there to when I reached, you know, where it was 100,000, where it was 165,000 people in there. But I get to see all of the comments. And I see all of these names and, I'm, and every, t- every time I open it up, it's like, wow, oh my gosh, Joe Biden was like really in there, hanging out, like <laughs> throwing up the thumbs and leaving comments to people. And like, that is just, that, yeah, that, that, was, um, that was a magical time and, and something I, I, will, I will never forget. I will never forget that week. 
because this yeah. thing wasn't birth. It wasn't. It wasn't birthed out of like. It truly wasn't birthed out of love and wanting to give to people. It was birthed out of loneliness because I was I was quarantined alone, and I I was scared. I didn't know what life was gonna look like. You know, like you know, obviously we know a lot of people, and they were my our friends were like, you know. I don't know why this administration is saying this is going to be two weeks when there's no cure. Like this thing is growing. It's going to be way longer than that. And that fear was something that was like, it was kind of painful, you know, like you can work, which is why I do what I do. So I'll explain it. Like you can work your whole life doing the right thing and you can save and you can invest, but you can never prepare for something like this. Right. Where even as an artist or as a small business owner or it, mm -hmm. I mean, as an employee, like people had to be furloughed, like they no, couldn't make any money, you know, like, you know, people are, people were struggling. And although I did, I did well in my career, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't save enough money to where it's going to be like, you know, I could sit around and do nothing for two or three years. Like, no, I still had to work, you know, and, uh, you know, my investments were tanking, like everything was just bad. And I was reduced to tears you know, out of, yeah. out of fear, like my gigs were being canceled. I had to send deposits back, you know, Essence Festival canceled, you know, I yeah. was at events for Coachella and I had events for South by Southwest and Miami Music Week, everything was canceled and everyone wanted their deposits back. And that was just like, well, what do you do, man? And I was tearing up and then I, I got out of my bed and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go and play some music. And I went to my kitchen Literally on the edge of the counter. That's where I'm not in this place, but like where I was positioned at this counter is exactly what I did. Turn on my computer, put my phone on top of it. Never even used Instagram Live. Turn on Instagram Live, and I just started playing music and sharing stories. And that that one thing is what changed the world. Like doing I love that. It. So the very first day, it was for me, out of my fear. Yeah. But when I saw the people and I started reading the comments. I, I was like, man, I should do this again. Like, let me try it again the next day. And it just kept growing and growing. And then, I, you know, I was going to, by the third day, I was actually going to stop doing it. Yeah. And yeah, a couple of people <laughs> were like, you you really need to do this again. And <laughs> I did it again and, and I haven't stopped since. Man, I'm, I'm like tearing up just I listening know. to you and thinking about it. Like that was the, that was the first moment of hope, I think, that mm -hmm. we had because it was it was the collective. It was like it, it broke it broke through the isolation. It broke through the loneliness. It made us remember that we were all we couldn't see each other because we were all in our little boxes, but we were all going through it together. And, and you did that. And I just I will never stop appreciating you for it. So thank you so much Same. for all of that. Thank you. And uh, and for hanging out with us today. It's been just yes. a joy to be able to meet you. <laughs> yes. This has been fun. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, but thank you for having me here. And, um, you know, and I love being able to share the story. You know, a lot of times people think that it's, um, um, it's always a fun story. But like, no, I, I DJ as much as yeah. I do as a way to remind people like, yeah, we are still in this and we're still battling what's been going on the last year. And it's important for people's mental health, you know, like to to have a sense of community. Like I know what yeah. that feeling is like being at home alone. I know, like now my mother's here, my daughter's here, um, but for four months I was alone, you know. And 
And that wasn't a good feeling. That wasn't a good feeling, especially for someone. I, I'm, I mean, I was, I, I did like almost 400,000 flight miles in 2019. Like I was, yeah. I was always DJing somewhere or going to see my family, but all I was on a plane almost every single day. And then for that to just stop, it was, it was absolutely insane. And, um, you know, I, I just want to continue just being able to like bring people together. And I, I can't wait for this to be over. We're, it's going to be interesting, like to do. You're this. the only one who made new friends. Close. <laughs> You're the That's only true. person who made new friends That's in true. 2020. You got That's new people for me. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have it. We're gonna Thank have you a, so much for everything. party when this is over. Yes, we're gonna dance yes. together. You know, I can't wait to give some hugs and like. I'm definitely gonna wear my mask though. I'm <laughs> even. Yeah. Though, yeah. I, I don't know if I can. Mask. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know, I keep, I, I, I literally keep a mask everywhere. I'm like, no, my mask on. Yep. Um, no, this is. I'm been very fun, excited though. for that party. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for Thanks. sharing, allowing me to share my story with you guys. Have a wonderful Thank day. You. All right. And uh, please stay safe too. Oh no, I'm definitely. I don't go anywhere. Yep, same. <laughs> Not over yet. Not over yet. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.